Ball hit deep in the left center field. Wise back, back. Makes the catch! What a play! Wade Wise makes the catch! What a play by Wise! Mercy! This is the Shoeless Goat Podcast. Brent Brown drops the ball! He drops the ball! Three runs will score! You gotta be beeping me! What in the hell are you doing? Hello and welcome to the Shoeless Goat Podcast. We're at Cubs, White Sox, and MLB Podcast. I'm your host, Nick. I am joined again by the mayor of Section 509 on the eve of the home opener, Patrick Bovard. Pat, how the hell are you? Going to be happier, Nick. Going to see baseball tomorrow. Can't really beat that after a couple months away. The last game I was at was the blackout game back in October. So going to be hard to top that, but, you know, going to see Vince Velasquez pitch in the home opener for the White Sox in 2022, just like we all drew it up months ago. Uh, it's really going to be something to remember for me. Yeah, the free agent splash. They, said, of- they said Jerry wouldn't spend. Yeah, and, and look at us, you know, spending money, getting to see new pitchers come on opening day. Uh, you yeah, love to see it. Man. I mean, I, maybe, you know, there might have been a couple others on the list, but, you know, that's a that's a major league quality pitcher right there. Exactly yeah, who well, I wanted to see. I don't get to see Kopech and Giolito out of the way. Uh, you know, Keiko, we got Wednesday, but, you know, this is the guy this, who I'd circled on my calendar. Excellent. Hopefully uh, opening day is not a bummer if you will, Uh, had had to go there after the actual opening day of the White Sox, which we will certainly get into. Um, So Cubs and White Sox have the same record through the first week of baseball of two and one. Uh, We're going to do a short recap for the short week. Talk about some other things in between. But in any case, I'm going to start with the Cubs first because they um, gave me a pleasant surprise. We're very close to sweeping the Milwaukee Brewers, the uh, often quoted favorite to win the NL Central. Uh, a couple bad calls away. I'm not saying it would have won them the game that third game, but it possibly could have. Uh, but let's start on Thursday. The actual uh, opening day home opener. Kyle Hendricks looked pretty great. Cubs win 5-4. to four. Um, And it looks like, uh, from the beginning anyway, we had a home run leader in the National League. Actually, in all of majors, Nico Horner um, had the first home run of the MLB season and for a short amount of time had the only homer of the MLB season. So we were happy to see that. Uh, and then uh, Saturday, Friday got rained out. Saturday, the Cubs absolutely took uh, Brandon Woodruff to the wood chipper. Uh, uh-huh. He gave up, see, yeah, see there, uh, nine to nothing win, uh, which was uh, overshadowed by some other shenanigans. But Woodruff gave up seven, a lot of walks. The game actually started walk, hit by pitch, walk, walk. So the Cubs got a run on the board without having to really swing the bat. Um, but it actually did, um, in in a fashion different than previous years, did not just stop there of getting, you know, you know, these free runs essentially. Um, so they absolutely blew it up, uh, but it didn't stop the Brewers from either accidentally or purposefully hitting uh, Cubs batters. Um, there was, I think three or four before the Cubs pretty intentionally retaliated against a new guy on the team, which makes absolutely no sense to me. And Andrew McCutcheon, of course the Cubs have different thoughts on McCutcheon from previous years. Uh, but in any case, uh, we have some suspensions. We have the benches clearing, all the stuff we love to see. Not really. Uh, in the second game of the year, which led to a, an exciting Sunday. It turned out to be a Cubs 5-4 loss, but not without the excitement. Seiya Suzuki hits his first home run as a Cub after an absolutely electric week. It was a three-run homer. That was Cubs a ended, it was an absolute bomb. Uh, I'm tired of the Twitter. Keep saying it hasn't come down yet. I'm so tired of hearing that about <laughs> home runs because it, it certainly did. 
Um, I will make a player comp a little bit later on Suzuki, and it's kind of like a classic unfair one. But in any case, uh, Cubs took a three-run lead, then kind of played a little sloppy, just letting the Brewers chip back in. Uh, went down 4-3, then the Cubs tied it up back 4-4 on, of course, a couple of wild pitches. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. Uh, but then gave up a, a later home run to Brousseau um, to make it 5-4. The Cubs did have a chance to tie with two outs and a man on third. And Jonathan VR hits like a three-hopper. Uh, was called out on the play after further review. Some angles looked had him looking safe. Others you weren't able to tell. Everyone thought he was going to be called safe. That would have tied the game, not necessarily won it. So I can't say that the blown call was the reason they lost. But regardless, you have to score more runs than the other team to win the game. The Cubs did not, so they are 2-1. and one. Um, And, of course, Marcus Stroman was phenomenal in that game, too. It kind of uh, fell apart a little bit later on when when the uh, the bullpen took over. But I'm extremely happy with 2-1. and one. Um they, you know, took down, won their first season series. And if you win season series after season series, you will make the playoffs. Not saying that's going to happen with the Cubs, but uh, with their starting pitching injuries and everything like that, I love, you know, getting the win out of the way. And now we head to Pittsburgh. Yep. I mean, can't really ask for much be- much better than that on a series, starting off with those three pitchers Milwaukee has coming out there. So, you know, you took, took it to Woodruff and uh, Burns, but overall pretty good weekend. The only question I have is, does it feel like 1906 yet? You know, it, I it's it might be a little too early to tell, but but what I what I will say is that I am not in on this Brewers team. I know I have the Cardinals winning the division. They do not have the bats. I, I just up and I down do, the lineup. I don't see it. I picked the Brewers, but it's mainly because I just I don't think the car. It's like the opposite. I don't think the Cardinals have the pitching, especially with Flaherty hurt. I just I don't I don't think either team is like that good. Like honestly, which leaves the door open for a middling Nessie, team like the Cubs to, to to like overperform by like six or seven games and really make a playoff push. Imagine if the Reds would have kept it together. Sort of they keep would, coming back to like, they, they I mean yeah and they what they just waved Akiyama too like <laughs> not not a bad player. I think I don't know tanking in the baseball draft it astounds me sometimes. It it doesn't make sense. Not in this scenario when you like aren't you still have too much talent. Like they're not gonna be that bad. Yeah I, I still have them losing um, the division to the Pirates, honestly. What, we'll see what the Pirates, uh, who the Pirates really are. Um, the Cubs get to play them quite a few times this month, so I would rather play them. I guess I would rather play them in June or July because their spirit hasn't been crushed yet, but um, I guess we'll see. Hey, I'll take two and one. I will take a clear rookie of the year um, in Seiya Suzuki front runner right now. It's, 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 you know, it's over it's your a pick runaway. from last week. What? Over your pick from last week of Joey Bart. Yeah, I mean, Joey Bart did have a good week, too. And he yeah. actually did uh, score a, a, an extra innings run, I believe. But uh, I'm just saying, like, after the first three games of baseball, there's no one, not many guys playing better baseball in general than Seiya Suzuki, let alone rookies. So he, he does have that playing professional baseball experience already advantage. But, hey, we're not going to take rookie of the year away from Ichiro. And I don't think for Jose Abreu. Or Jose Abreu, exactly. So uh, I guess, look. I'm over the moon right now. You can't crush my Cubs baseball spirit until at least mid-May. Hey, there we go. Same timeline as last year. Oh, man. Well, that I'm was the trade deadline where, here. where it was stamped on. But anyway. Yeah. Right. I'm not Let's... setting myself up for some good questions here. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, but in any case, um, let's hear about the White Sox this week. Um, maybe something about replays as well kind of came up in your on your side of town. 
Yeah, we had some interesting stuff going on there. I'd be remiss, though, if I didn't at least start it off with uh, saying that Yoan Moncada went on the IL like literally right before the season with a grade one oblique strain, I believe it was. Hoping to have him back in April, but just yet again, another injury for the White Sox. Uh, not great, but you get Jake Berger up there, at least getting some at bat. So it could be worse. Could have nobody there. Like the outfield would be a lot worse. But in any event, uh, overall, pretty good series. One at two one, you know, you let the Tigers win their Super Bowl on opening day by beating a first place team uh, on a weird walk off, you know, in cold weather in April. So yeah, they can have that one. But in general, pretty really good starting pitching throughout the weekend. Uh, good hitting, and then the bullpen after a shaky appearance on Friday, on Thursday, sorry, or Friday. I'm getting my days all mixed up here. Uh, really got it together Saturday and Sunday. So kind of how it happened. Uh, opening day was a five to four loss on a Javi walk off off the off the wall that AJ Pollock looked like he caught. Maybe he didn't catch. You slow it down and replay. Clearly he didn't catch it. Uh, kind of a weird game overall where the Sox really jumped on the Tigers out of the gate. I think they got uh, Eduardo Rodriguez out of there in the fourth inning. They had a three out, nothing lead at one point. They scored one or two in the first, a lot of really good at bats going on in that game. Um, and then all of a sudden Giolito gets hurt after the fourth inning, straining his ab after dealing. He had like 12 whiffs through three innings. He had a bunch of strikeouts. I think he finished with six uh, and then just left the game. Bullpen struggled from there. I really, the only guys that looked that good were uh, Bennett Souza in his major league debut and Kendall Graveman. Aaron Bummer struggled struggled a lot. Uh, Liam Hend- Hendricks struggled a lot in a four-out save, giving up that walk-off and blowing two different leads in the game. Um, really, the only good part late in the game was Andrew Vaughn hitting a go-ahead home run in the ninth that eventually was given back. But again, you let the Tigers have their Super Bowl. It's fine. We don't need it. You know, we've been there, so we'll act like it. Uh, Game two, though, series really turned around. Sox won at five to two, uh, jumped out early again with two runs in the first. Aloy had a huge series with, I believe, five RBIs in it. Um, kind of got close again when the Tigers got it to four two after Yaz had his first bat drop of the season to put him up four nothing. Uh, but the bullpen came through in that game. Cease was really good at, in the start. I think he had eight strikeouts in five innings. Uh, uh, you had Bummer kind of redeeming himself. Bennett Souza looked great again in that game. Overall, a pretty good win. And then game three, they blew the doors off the Tigers, ten to one win. Uh, Tim Anderson was finally back off of suspension and opened the game up as the in the only way he could by hitting a double on the first pitch of the of the game. Uh, kind of a side note: Why the hell Tariq Skubal would throw him a fastball on the first pitch of his season makes absolutely zero sense and should like be like I don't know why he would ever do that. In any event, war, though, ten, war crime. <laughs> I mean, it's just astounding. Like you, if anybody is going to swing on the first pitch, it's Tim Anderson. A fastball just doesn't make sense. But um, in any event, Sox. Blew the doors off them, like I said. 10-1 win. Kopech was pretty solid. Bullpen was really good. They two hit the Tigers the entire game. You got another home run from Andrew Vaughn, who had six RBIs in the series. Tim Anderson had three hits, two doubles. Really just an incredible game all around. Um, so overall, not a bad series. You lost, you know, Giolito to an injury. AJ Pollock left Saturday's game with an injury, which, you know, luckily, not not luckily. He's on paternity leave this week, so that'll probably uh, be in lieu of an IL stint since it didn't seem like a particularly serious hamstring injury. Uh, but in general, you know, you got to like what you've seen so far. You took two out of three. Like you said, you just got to keep stringing together series wins, and eventually you're going to get to first place. Hot take. Did Pollock fake a hamstring injury to get uh, an extended paternity leave? My thoughts. No. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man. I thought I thought he was going to be gone all week, but we'll see. I don't know. I, it's funny when that happened because I was like, you got to be kidding me. AJ Pollock is hurt now because he had like four hits. And then uh, John, the, uh, the resident Dodgers fan of the group, said like, which I knew, like, he's like, Pat, you're not going to like this, but this is going to happen, like, multiple times throughout the season. I'm like, yeah, I knew he's injury-prone. It's just, when it happens to me, it's different. 
it's is it like Nick Swisher all over again? Because <laughs> then he didn't he get hurt a lot. That's like a name you're not allowed to talk about with Sox fans. Nick no, Swisher. He was awful. awful. Yeah, that's. I'm trying to. Th- that's the Milton Bradley for Cubs fans. It probably. Honestly. Even I think Ozzie it's a like really good out, like, ten years later. What's up? Ozzy like cussed him out on TV ten years later, saying he hates him. <laughs> that's that's absolutely unbelievable. Um, so yeah, I obviously. If you talk to me in July and say the Cubs and the White Sox have the best or the same records, I'm going to be extremely happy. But I'm just glad I was worried. Or I'm going to be very sad. Yeah. Oh, that one could be ugly. Two. One of those two. Yeah. But I was expecting to get absolutely mowed down by Brewers pitching. Um, and it just didn't happen in all three of the games. So, like, we saw a ton of walks. Suzuki walked four times. Uh, Ian Happ also did go down with an injury when he got plunked in the knee. I'm hoping it's just like a bruise or something like that. Cause I mean, but that's what kind of started the whole feud, I guess Um, Mm -hmm. the Brewers and the Cubs have just hit each other combined like 53 times in the past two years. Um, I would say most of which are probably intentional or intentionally reacting to accidents, all of which is stupid, but Keegan Thompson gets a three game suspension. He's a relief pitcher. Probably didn't matter a whole lot. David Ross gets suspended. He'll serve that on Tuesday. So he will not be managing against the pirates. Um, But Wilson got plunked the day before. Then they had three hit batters against the, you know, later on. I, I know we're tired of talking about it, but it is the first time it's happened this year. I see your eyes rolling in real time there, Pat. What's going on with this? And why are we still doing this? I don't, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's just, it's, it's, it's just dumb. Like at this point, like, I don't, yeah. It, Craig one Council, game I think it needs a suspension too, honestly, because I don't, I don't understand it. I remember, I remember this bubbling up last year because I, I was wondering when I first saw the video of, you know, Jason Hayward sprinting in from center field on McCutcheon. I'm like, this is like, it's bizarre. It's the first game of the season. But yeah, now that, like, I remember that with last year, the Brewers, they had all sorts of issues there. It's just, I don't know. I thought, like, I feel like this game should be past it at this point. Like, it's just, especially the first weekend of the season, like, how can you have that much? bad blood like especially after there almost wasn't a season you know it's just kind of like this is really what we're going to get down to the first weekend when we finally have baseball back is you know just petty shows of like kind of hey you don't i, I don't even know dude. i mean we do love the petty don't get me wrong but not um, this petty <laughs> yes every other petty is good but no i agree obviously we're we've been saying this for now this is what our fourth or third year third and a half year doing the podcast and this comes up probably once a month and i'm tired of it but yeah i think they have you get hit Oh yeah. And it's going to happen. It's yep. going to be the guardians or whatever. It's going to happen. Uh, anyway, I'm done. I'm done. Someone. Exactly. I'm kind of done talking about it, but I did have to bring it up. There's like that video last year that Wilson Contreras put out of him getting plunked like 30 times by the brewers or something crazy like that. It's like, it's not a coincidence. I don't no, know. I mean, at a certain point, it's like, and the thing is too, even if you have a scouting report, like this is my thing with Jose Abreu going off on a tangent here. Like, if the scouting report says you pitch up and into somebody, then you have to be able to control that because if you can't control that and it keeps hitting somebody, like it may not be intentional, but like eventually you're hitting somebody not necessarily, not purely by accident. Right. Like then it just becomes a byproduct of you pitching the scouting yeah. report. And that's a problem too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all right, well, let's move on. Uh, this is going to be our first player of the week. And uh, I'm going to have you go first, Pat. Uh, yeah. We're going to have many of these, but we're going to create our little Sunday night football wall. Uh, with the pictures and then everything like that uh, starting now, I guess. So go ahead. Yeah. So I'm going with Andrew Vaughn, uh, apparently the outfielder of the future for the White Sox kind of played all over the diamond, got himself in at DH, got himself into as a pinch runner on Saturday uh, when AJ Pollock got hurt. And then he got uh, subs subbed out for Adam angle um, overall, just for him, 
absolutely incredible first series. He only started two games. Like I said, he came in game two for Pollock with the injury as a pinch runner, um, but really did everything he could to show why he needs to be in the lineup every day. Hit 400. I think he had, yeah, four hits, 10 at bats, two homers, six RBIs in the first three games, uh, including one of those homers on Friday. That was a super clutch one to put him up after they blew the lead away. Um, just really everything you could ask from the guy. And the fact that, you know, he's out there the first weekend of the season raking like that after a really tough 2021 where he had a good stretch, but then really tapered off near the end, which, you know, makes sense. He was a two years out of the draft and had never played a professional full season before. So of course his body fell apart. Um, kind of just showed everybody again, why he's so important to this team right now and why he needs to be playing every day. Kind of seemed like he was going to be on the short side of the platoon with Gavin Sheets at DH and right field, some amalgamation of that. Uh, but clearly is earning himself regular playing time with how he started this uh, this season. Uh, you said, um, I don't know if I heard this right. You said future outfielder for the White Sox. Outfielder not, of the future. Ah, not not the Oakland A's? Oh, God. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. So, yeah, we, there, was we article, there was an article saying that, yeah, there was an article saying that. He, the, the yeah, Oakland the A's, A's are interested are in, in him. Like, oh, okay. That's why I put up that uh, that you know classic NBA tweet from this year where the Lakers were like interested in somebody, and then somebody quote tweeted it with, "Man, I've been I'm, I've been uh, I've expressed interest in Zendaya, but that's not how this works." Yeah, I'm just I mean, the last this is the last first and last time I hope that Zendaya and Andrew Vaughn are compared in any way. Who would have Only yeah. on SGSCO podcast. Only on SGP. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think Vaughn was a pretty easy choice there. Um, there was a couple guys out of the pen that you know, gave him a run for the money, but uh, not Aaron Bummer. But in any case, um, my player of the week is an easy one as well. First of all, this is not the player of the week, but I'd like to have a formal apology on Shields Go Podcast live for those watching live, which hopefully you're not, because um, uh, this is take two. of uh, To Ian Happ. Ian Happ was, uh, drew my ire for being in the starting lineup, and he absolutely tore it up until he got hit in the knee. Which is unfortunate because it's the kind of thing where a guy is having an awesome start to the year, gets injured for a little bit, comes back and can't see the ball. He is seeing the ball really well, but he's not my player of the week. Took my player of the, the week, knee, man. What? Took an arrow to the knee. Honestly, I mean, it, it, it's heartbreaking stuff. Um, but anyway, my player of the week is obviously Seiya Suzuki. If you just look at the stats for the week, he went three for eight with one homer, six RBIs, and four walks. Um, so I want to. I hate doing the comp, but he has the Matsui comp. The swing looks the same. They're both massive dudes. I hate like when you when when you're trying to make a player comp and you could only think of a guy that actually looks like him, like another Japanese player. I'm still trying to get like that swing down. Um, part of me has like um, Prince Fielder, like Williams, Astudio, like those kind of swings in mind when I see him swing. But uh, Matsui is going to be the player comp for me. The guy absolutely tore it up. Um, I'm really excited about him. I have another take on him in just a sec. I just want to hear your thoughts. Did you have a chance to watch the the, the Phenom? I saw the home run clip. That thing was pretty awesome. Uh, I was going to say, I saw this one. Uh, I saw this one stat. I'm trying to find it right now on Twitter, and I should have saved it. But it was, I think it's through three games, like he is the lowest chase rate in baseball. Yeah, this is it. Um, he th- was thrown 29 pitches that were outside of the strike zone and took 28 of them. Like that's yeah. insane. No, it was nuts. And like a lot of those walks happened after an O2 count too. Yeah. And it says too, his one chase was an RBI single off uh Brandon Woodruff. So I'm going to credit that to uh, at MLB random stats for giving me that one. But like, that's insane for a guy playing his first, his, not only his first MLB action, obviously he's played professionally, but his first MLB action against those pitchers. Like that, that's nuts. 
I'm really excited to see what he's going to do against Jose Quintana tomorrow. That's all I'm saying. Oh boy. Revenge game. A big time revenge game. Okay. So with that being said, I just want to bring this point up to, I actually think that Seiya Suzuki is already the face of the Chicago Cubs. Ooh. If you think about who the other candidates could possibly be, you think of, um, you know, Marcus Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, um, and Wilson Contreras. Those are great candidates. Don't get me wrong, but there's many rumors that Wilson Contreras will not be a Cub after the deadline. And for starting pitchers, um, you we only see them once every five games. Seiya Suzuki absolutely tore it up. He's already a, a you know a hero in Japan. He decided to join a rebuilding Cubs team, and for that reason, I think. I can't think of anybody else. Seiya Suzuki is the face of the Chicago Cubs, and he will be for a long, long time. Not Nick Madrigal. No, not Nick Madrigal. Nick Madrigal. He's got him. He's got to hit the ball, dude. You got this. Is I, I'm not gonna you know talk down on the guy, but this is what it's gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of contact, and contact at a certain point is not always good. But I mean, I think I I'd probably agree with you at this point. They're in a really weird state where like. A lot of the big name players are obviously gone. Contreras, like you said, has one foot out the door right now. Hendricks is just like as an outside fa- person who's not a Cubs fan is just too boring to be like the face of a franchise. And then Stroman, had he been there for two years, probably would be. But at this point, it's up for grabs. Yeah, I, I'm I'm throwing my uh, my hat in for for Suzuki, and why not? It's a it's a good name to have in baseball. Let's just put it that way. A lot of, a lot of success there. For sure, we might be two for two on him. We'll see. Gotta um, just say on the back of the jersey seriously why not um i did see a suzuki i was walking in wrigleyville yesterday and did see someone have a suzuki jersey on so early adopter which is great um but in any case just top here this isn't the final question thing but who who do you think the face of the white Sox is oh i think tim anderson million percent i think that's pretty easy like i I, like i i would like to say jose abreu too because i think maybe internally it's him but publicly i like you saw what happened this game. It's like they, this weekend, they, they eked out a couple uh, closer wins. And then Tim Anderson comes back, swings at the first pitch, hits a double out there, comes out of the game with three hits and they win 10 to one. I don't think that's a coincidence. Like, and it's not just like that. He's a fun player. Like he is legitimately like a top tier shortstop in baseball right now. I don't think all-star games are going to be a good measure. Like we talked about for obvious reasons, but I mean, it, it, just everything like the, the field of dreams game last year, just every that it's really, it's an easy decision. Yeah, and it's almost like he, um, you know, it would have been, as much as you didn't want to see it, imagine if the White Sox dropped the first two games against the Tigers and then Tim Anderson comes back from suspension and absolutely lights it up. But, like, that would be almost a greater moment, although you'd rather be 2-1 and one without the great moment. Yeah, but, which, yeah. No, I mean, I think, it would have been cool. Yeah, it would have. I mean, I think, too, I'd, like, I'd turn on the game, like, just to watch that. His first pitch, like, he's swinging on, like, he's – I. I I, if I could have bet on it, I would have put put it on him to hit a home run the first pitch of the game. But fortunately, it was only a double. Yeah. Anyway, that's awesome. All right. So this is going to be – it was a short week of baseball, so it's going to be a short episode of SGP. Um, we'll have a, a lot more to talk about when we have a lot more games under the belt. Hopefully, the Cubs and the White Sox are both uh, – Pound for pound, duking it out, same record, maybe even better. I don't know, Northsiders, maybe better. We've got a Cubs-White Sox series coming up in May, so that'll be really exciting stuff too. Um, But in any case, we're going to end the show like we always end the show with a question that Pat has not heard yet. He's going to have to come up with an answer on the spot. And it is related to, obviously, injury concerns because that is the main story for the White Sox, unfortunately. But imagine the team is entirely healthy and needs to make a playoff run. You have to pick one of the stars to be injured and miss the playoffs slash World Series. Who do you pick? Who do you drop? That's an interesting one. 
I think obviously it ha- like I'm going to kind of talk myself through my thought process here because it's tough, but I think it has to be a position player and it has to be somebody that like their skill set isn't super differentiating where like, you know, they're, you know, because like I think like Aloy would be a good example where like I would say him because his defense is absolutely atrocious, but like his bat is the type where he can put a ball 465 to the right center gap uh, just kind of on a whim. I Man, I don't want to do this, but I would if I had to pick one guy, I would probably go with uh, Mankata, I guess. I thought you were gonna do it and say Grandall. That's why you said no, but just because it's like face. without Grandall, it's like it's Reese McGuire catching, who like we saw on this weekend, great arm, cannot hit the ball. Uh, so it's like it's a guy that you can take out of the lineup and still have, you know, you're not missing as much as some of the other guys based off who's behind them. And I think like nothing against Yohan Moncada. I think he's a top ten, a top ten third baseman in baseball, and is still like a really good player, even if he doesn't develop that power we saw a few years ago. But like, you you can more easily replace that skill set um, in a seven game series with somebody like Jake Berger or you know moving Josh Harrison around, putting like Lurie at second, um, than you can by you losing almost anybody else in that lineup. At least on the star caliber players, like Luis Robert gets hurt, you, you're not getting a you know a thirty thirty guy off the bench somewhere. Um, or somebody who can change the game as much. So that's, I guess, my logic there. Change the game. Nice throwback. Yeah. Um, but, but I will say, yeah, no, I think that question totally hinges on who's backing them up, right? Yep. Uh, and I think, yeah, just from a defensive and, uh, I guess, fall-off perspective, you don't have as much fall-off from what the Sox can put in place um, that if Mankata goes down. And Mankata was my pick as well. Obviously, yeah. Grandall is forever my pick, but um, we will continue. I can't wait till we're in year 20 of this show and I'm, you know, saying, or not, maybe not year 20, maybe like year 10. I'm like, Yasmani Grandal is not a Hall of Famer at the end. But last. I, I, dude, I'm going to be doing the campaigning. Uh, oh, I know you are. You're going to have uh, Zach Galifianakis levels of campaigning for him. <laughs> but <laughs> in any case, that concludes our episode of Choose Go Podcast. Obviously, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else. Obviously, SanChicago.com is where you can read the articles. We're starting to put a couple of more of those out. And we're going to have some more video content coming to you from the Twitter page. Uh, maybe some video clips, whatever whatever you would like. We'll, we're here to serve the SGP Nation. Uh, I, I will say, uh, in, in closing... I'm still all in on the the face of the Cubs, Say Suzuki, one weekend. So thank you for listening. Go Cubs, go White Sox, go MLB. And as we mentioned before, Yachty Molina is not a Hall of Famer. Same old place, sweet home, Chicago.